You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, let's uh, hit. Yeah, uh, we got an interesting show this morning, and again, it's the Saturday morning kickoff of the weekend. Uh, we've got a lot of guys with long names, i got to be honest with you. It's going to be the complicated. Trevor Hutchison is going to join us from Crown, and we're not supposed to call him the Crown Prince, but we've done that for the last 20 years. And uh, we're going to talk about cars rusting uh, when you don't actually see it, you know, like underneath the frames and in the door locks, and drying out because they haven't been used. Okay, that little bit of silence. Here we go. <laughs> the secondly, we'll be joining by OPP officer Kerry Schmidt. Uh, he had a serious uh, incident on the 401 just recently, and we want to talk about what happens when you come across a situation such as that. And the last and but fortunately not least is Andy Capodutakalis. I know I'm just going to call him Andy K uh, from Lease Busters. We're going to talk about a new website, what to do with your used car when it comes to the end of the lease, or what to do when you want to replace your used car, uh, and where the marketplace is right now with the pandemic, lack of product, and low interest. What does that do with the price of vehicles? Alan, you buying a new car? Uh, no, there's none to be had anyways. Um, I, I, you know, if, you, if you're driving past the car dealership, they look like uh, vacant lots right now. There's, they have hardly any inventory. They're, they're kind of turning the car sideways to make it look like the lot's full, but it really isn't. Um, so, uh, no, I, I don't want a new car. I, I'm, you know what? I'm a mechanic. I never bought a new car in my life. Yes, you have. You bought your wife uh, three new cars. Well, that's for her. I'm talking about for <laughs> myself. You think I could pawn a used car off on my wife? Seriously. Well, you know, it used to happen when I gave her a car, she, she it broke down or it had a problem. First thing she says, I don't know what's wrong with it. My husband's a mechanic. And I'm going, thanks a lot for the publicity. So, uh, it's true. You know, it's one of the first fights that w me and my wife ever had because she insisted that I, I, I take care of this weird noise on her car. And, which I kept telling her was normal, but of course she didn't believe me. What do you know? Um, but uh, <laughs> and then when I when I replaced the part she asked me to do, uh, about two weeks later the car broke down altogether. So <laughs> I was hey. I was right. It was the first and last time, you know, uh, after forty odd years. Dave, crazy stuff. I used to supply cars for the movies, mm -hmm. and uh, so I used to supply cars that they some of them they, they want to blow up. Right. So we used to we used to unscrew the bumpers and unscrew the trunk and uh, the hood and everything else. So when they let it go, it, everything would fly off and they, they'd have a shot. Right. And then I supplied cars like for RoboCop. And so they didn't pick it up right away. So she was driving a RoboCop for a while. So <laughs> whatever we had that moved and wouldn't break down, she could drive it. It was no problem at all. It was good stuff. We had lots of fun. So we're going to be talking with... Um, uh, you and I are going to be talking about 
provide financing used cars and what's going on in the industry. So it's an interesting topic, and uh, it comes from an article from Elaine Smith from the Toronto Star. That's what sort of piqued my interest, mm -hmm. and uh, it's something that deserves talking about. So let's do that when we come back. That'll be great for sure. We got uh, Trevor Hutchinson from Crown. We've got Officer Kerry Schmidt and Andy Capadukakis. That's the right way to say it. And uh, me and Dave, of course, we'll be right back after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. All right, we're back. My name is Alan Gelman. I've got Dave Redinger, the host of the show. Dave, where are you, in town or out of town today? Out of town, enjoying the sun at uh, beautiful Lake Simcoe. Yeah. Uh, it was a great sunset last night. It was just gorgeous. And, uh, yeah, it's nice. You come out here and you sort of depressurize. It's nice. It's a nice place to be. You got, indoor so plumbing or, you got indoor plumbing or do you have to have the honey wagon come to your place? Yeah. <laughs> we're on septic. Uh, uh, this part of the, of the uh, lay of, well, it's actually a town of Sutton mm -hmm. or Georgina, and uh, they haven't got as far as us as far as the sewer systems are concerned. Uh -huh. So we're on septic and well, and we have well water. Oh, cool. But they're at opposite sides of the house. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good thing, eh? Yeah. <laughs> this goes that way and this goes that way. What? But no, um, it works quite well. All right, cool. Well. All right, there's an issue. We've got lack of cars on the lots. What's going on? Well, reality is there's competition for buying used cars with the Americans. They're up here because the dollar's discounted at least 20%, mm -hmm. and uh, they get back the GST or HST, whatever they paid, uh, at the border. So they have a strong advantage to buy used cars, and they need used cars because of the uh, pandemic and the fact that they screwed up. And the word it really is screwed up when it came to the supply of chips, so they can't supply new cars. And now the value of used cars is, have, has increased almost to the level of, of post-war. Like post, I was investigating what happened after World War II mm -hmm. when they started building cars you know, after five years of not building cars. And the same thing is happening here. The value of used cars is astronomical. So really it's a seller's market is what you're saying. And, and a seller can ask yeah. almost any, any price he wants for a car. But the other part of that issue is, too, that even if you find a car, Financing for a lot of people is difficult. Yeah, uh, the ratings, your credit rating really is important. Uh, the reality is if you've got a credit rating of around 700, you'll be offered a normal interest rate. If your credit rating is around five to 600, uh, you're in trouble because they're going to be surcharging you. They sort of label you as subprime. And as a subprime loaner, you could be charged 20, 25% interest. And you know what? These I, I hate to say it, but these folks actually don't think of the interest rate. They only think of the monthly payment and how much they can pay and keep their budget going. And there's cases where they paid uh, the article that we're sort of quoting here, which um, was Elaine Smith from the Toronto Star. The guy is paying what's $17,000 for a five-year-old Kia. And the reality is it works out to just over 20% interest. Well, this and, is where uh, people have, but people have been in the ditch, not just recently. I mean, people have been behind the eight ball for, for a, a number of years, you know. And, yes, and, they have. And was that because of the cost of financing or, or was it the because people who are leasing cars made it a little simpler to do it? Why? I don't know. Well, the reality here is, is your credit rating. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, and if the, the rumor is 
The phone company is the worst. If you've got a cell phone and you got a dispute with them, pay it anyways and dispute it later because they're the, the ones that report back that you're not paying your phone bill and that drops your credit rating like a rock. Mm -hmm. So reality is you got to take care of your credit rating if you're out there borrowing money. And so she's come up with uh, about five points that you should be aware of before walking into a car dealership. And the first one is know your credit rating. You know, go to uh, Equifax or, or Trans TransUnion and find out where you stand. What's your number? And that'll tell you where what you can borrow money at. All right? Be informed of what the banks are charging. Phone to your bank and say, hey, I'm going to buy a used car. What would you charge me for a loan? Mm -hmm. uh, know the value of your car, the one that you want to buy. Investigate that the market value is fair or whatever it is. Can you afford it? So the reality is you got to do your homework. you got to be shopping around. And don't get fall in love with the first dealer that you meet. Be a little aloof. Take care and make sure the car you're buying is a car you can live with for the next five years or six years. Because that's how long it's going to take you to pay it off. Right? Well, on top of that, too, you know, you should do your homework as far as when you're buying that used car is to make sure you get a good one. Because if, if your finances are tapped and you buy a crappy car, uh, as soon as it's, you know, as soon as you're going to have it for a few weeks and all of a sudden you're going to find mm -hmm. out it, it could need $1,000 worth of repairs and then you're really stuck. I agree. Right? Yeah. yeah that'd be, so there's another point. Bring it to your local mechanic and have him investigate the vehicle and sort of audit the car and see what you might be involved with. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hey, we got brakes coming up. It's going to pass safety, but... You know, a few miles down the road, we're going to need pads. We're going to need rotors. We're going to need that sort of stuff. Exactly. Right? People, people depend on that ministry of of certain the ministry of of, of uh, blah, 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 safety sorry. checks. The safety checks. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that only means that the car met minimum requirement on the day of inspection. So, as you say, there may only be enough rubber and brakes for maybe two, three months, and then you're going to be saddled with a thousand or two in repairs. Right. The other thing in reality is walk in with more down payment. The less money you have to borrow, the more you can put down, uh, the better off you're going to be. You know, if you're coming in for $1,000 for a, a $10,000 car, but if you'd walked in with $4,000 for a $10,000 car, you'd be getting a lot, a lot better treatment. All right. Financing the whole thing uh, it does cost. Uh, look what they, what's, what's credit card interest? 24%, something like that. I mean, they hit you pretty hard, so uh, they sort of used that. I didn't know that 59% was the limit that the government said for, for interest rates. You can charge up to 59% interest on a loan, and it's still legal. It's not gouging. It, it's, it's actually, if you go 60%, it's gouging. So how so do people find out, where do people go to find out what their credit rating is? Uh, I just got a note here that said Karma. Credit Karma is one that's free, mm -hmm. or you pay, I think, $18, and Equifax will give it to you. Uh, the other one is TransCanada. Trans, no, TransUnion, I'm sorry, TransUnion. Um, TransUnion is the same, same sort of setup, uh, and they will actually watch your, your um, if you're being, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Identity theft. Mm -hmm. They actually have insurance for identity theft and things like that. And you pay $15 a month and they cover you. So it's a good thing to look after that. It's the most important number that you actually have other than your SIN number. Well, no, Which I haven't sinned lately. You know, I haven't, I haven't sinned lately at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but again, let's back up. You know, as much as you may want a new car, you know, if your finances don't, you know, say that you're ready or, or not able to get a new car, you know, yeah. don't, don't stick your neck out. If you've got a vehicle, 
by all means, take it to your mechanic, have him do an assessment of what it needs now, what he sees it, it may need in the next little bit, and, yeah. and that way maybe it can make a better choice, you know, like you spend yeah. maybe a thousand or two fixing up your old beater, and it gets you over the hump, you know, maybe get another year or two out of it, at which point, you know, if, if, if the interest rates are down or your position are better in the marketplace, then you could do it then. So, you know, don't rush. As you say, Deb, take your time. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, the folks at Crown always say, what could be more green than reinventing a car that was going to be scrapped and saving it? Mm-hmm. What's the cost to build a car versus keeping the one you have on the road? Exactly. It's as green as possible. Way cheaper. All right. After the break, we're going to be talking to OPP car sergeant Kerry Schmidt. Let's find yep. out what you should do in the event of a collision. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage, the most exciting automotive show in Toronto, and uh, I think the whole GTA, for that matter. So we've got Dave uh, Redinger up at the cottage, and we've got OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt with us on the line. You know, cars break down for sure. People do have collisions. If that happens on a 401, what do you do, Kerry? Oh, my goodness. And that's a problem that we see all the time. Uh, Dave, how many uh, life jackets and coolers and, and pieces of mm-hmm. you did you see going across uh, the 400 up to your cottage? Because, you know, when you're, you're, you're loaded up to the gunnels and uh, you may not strap things down, things are going sideways, you're pulling a trailer that probably hasn't seen the road in a year, and all of a sudden the wheel bearings start, start burning off and you see all these trailers broken down, uh, flat tires, old rubber. Uh, you know, what we need drivers to really think about is what they're operating, how they're operating it, is the equipment safe, and, you know, what do you do in case of an emergency? You know, we had, uh, we've had tragic uh, situations here. Even re- just yesterday, uh, we had a, a tractor-trailer run out of gas, and uh, he was trying to get it off the highway. He was in a, in a busy area of the 401, and, and sadly, his uh, back end was sticking out into a live lane. He was out of, out of fuel, couldn't get off, and uh, a car came from behind and uh, collided into the back of it. And, and uh, you know, sadly, the driver was killed. We've seen that far too often. We had another one where a driver was just changing a flat tire just on the bend of a road. And uh, he was well off on the shoulder. But the problem is, a driver coming along didn't realize there was a slight bend, and he drifted right off, straight into the back of that vehicle and was killed. So you know, we just want really people to understand what they're doing and how they, how they can be, uh, I guess, more conscious of their decisions of how and where they break down. If they have a flat tire, you can still limp your vehicle off a short distance and get to a a little better location. Think about what other vehicles may be thinking or expecting uh, as they approach you. Exactly. I mean, I saw yesterday, I was headed uh, westbound on a 401 near Kiel, and there was two cars in the live lane, and the two guys are standing there looking at each other, and I thought, those guys are idiots. Why don't they get off the road? And sure enough, you know, about 100 yards further ahead was the guy who was the first guy in the collision, but he actually did the right thing, which was to pull over as far as he could to the right. You know, he had his flashers on, and, and that's where yeah. he stopped to try to get traffic. But I think people are confused, I guess, especially in the case of whose responsibility or whose fault was this accident, and because of that, they're afraid to move the cars. What should they normally do? Well, you know what? Obviously, make contact with the other vehicle and driver if your vehicle is drivable, and for the most part, a lot of them are. If you, Even if you... Uh 
bend your bumper and, and things are a little bit crooked, if the engine's still running, you can put it in drive, get off the live lane. That's where you need to go to and, and get off onto a shoulder or get off, exit the highway completely. You know, don't, don't take off. <laughs> Make sure everybody knows who's involved, you know, where you're going and, and where you're going to call your insurance and exchange information. But, uh, you know, being in a live lane, the officers, the police, we don't need to see uh, the exact uh, millimeter of where the vehicle came to its final rest. Uh, we can see the damage, and we're going to talk to witnesses, we're going to take the statements, and, and we're going to do the best we can. Obviously, if there's serious injuries, paramedics, fire, police, MTO, they're all going to attend, and, and they're going to assist you. But, again, you don't want to be a sitting duck vulnerable when uh, you're in a live lane and traffic. All of a sudden, is unexpectedly coming to a grinding halt, and if you're the last vehicle in that line, or you are the vehicle in a live lane, someone may swerve out of the way to avoid you, which is great, but the car immediately behind that vehicle has less than a second to recognize the issue and and make the same evasive action. And it's just a matter of time before someone doesn't make it in time, and now we're into a secondary crash, and we're trying to prevent those wrecks from happening. Dave? I was just going to say quickly, from a driver's standpoint, sometimes it takes forever for you guys to clear the lanes. Why is that? Well, it, it may seem like that. If we're on scene investigating, either we're waiting for tow trucks, we're, we're dealing with statements, maybe you know, we may have someone in custody. We may be doing our investigation. We may be finding uh, you know, fault and liability and uh, mm. you know, criminality as well. So you know, there's a lot of issues that are going uh, into place in, in investigating what's happening. So sometimes a fender bender is much more than a fender bender. It could be impaired driving and uh, dangerous driving and who knows what else we find as a result of that you know we see we find weapons and drugs and and all right, of, see. of issues okay. uh, on the on the scene all right carrie have a great have a great weekend keep up the good work we do have to run and uh, drive safe my friend all the best you too my friend uh, stay safe enjoy the cottage dave <laughs> thank you very much all right this is dave's corner garage after the break we're going to be talking to trevor hutchison who can tell you how you can make your car last longer And it seems to be the uh, topic of conversation today, so stick around. (laughs) All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Alan Gelman. I was thinking of something really funny, but I can't talk about it. Uh, We have Trevor Hutchison on the line, and of course, Dave Renninger is up at the lake. Um, I, I just picturing you, Dave. Do you have one of them big truck tires spares, and that you're floating around in right now, or what? You know, they used to do that. We used to take uh, inner tubes when they, when cars actually had inner tubes, mm-hmm. put them out in the water. Now there's these plastic sort of horses and stuff like that. So yeah, they have inflatable stuff. We're gonna be building a dock soon, and I'll have a canoe and a boat or something. Cool. Well, way I back. I got my boat license, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got my boat license. It's an open book test, but it's five hours long. Five hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Should good morning, money? Trevor. How are you? Uh, good morning. I guess I should refer to you as Captain Redinger now and and uh, Alan. <laughs> I'm first. I've been trying you... to make the wife the crew, but it doesn't seem to work. <laughs> I think I'm more Anyhow. like Gilligan anyways, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, we have a couple of thoughts about um, uh, Crown that we were going to talk about. The uh, impact of corrosion on vehicles that you're not putting many miles on, and that's absolutely true. Cars are made to run. They really are. Um, and I would say that the last uh, you know year and a half has really shown that to us, that uh, we are seeing all kinds of vehicles come into our centers 
where our dealers, once we get them up on the hoist, are, are bringing people in to show them what's going on with their vehicle. Uh, but, you know, as, as mechanics, you know, you gentlemen know this, but we're, we're referring more people back to their mechanics for all kinds of issues, um, uh, rusting on, on braking components. Um, it just because with, without the, the airflow, uh, to kind of rem- help remove the moisture, uh, the longer a vehicle sits inactive is actually worse from a corrosion point of view. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people will call me and say, I want to get old Betsy running. And I said, well, how long and where has she been? You know, um, if they tell me, oh, it's just at the side of the house or on the driveway out in the elements, and it's been there for six months or more, but first of all, you better tow it, number one. Yeah. Number two, it may not be worth trying to get back to life again. Yeah. It, it, it's really interesting, Alan, because we've, uh, we've, we've got a very good relationship with, with the automotive trades in, in a lot of the communities that we're in. But I would say in the last 16 months, we've probably made more calls on behalf of customers or referred more people back to their local mechanic mm-hmm. uh, for this specific reason, more than anything else I've seen in the last probably five years. Well, you know, you talk about, you know, doing preventative maintenance rather than fixing stuff after the fact. And, and, and this is why you're way better to take your car in, have it sprayed on a regular basis, than waiting for the brake line to fail or your gas line to break in your buddy's parking lot, you know, and, and, and ruining his asphalt driveway. That's ever happened, no? Well, that, that is the big, the big challenge, is, is trying to, to help consumers see the importance of what you just said. In, in doing, you know, a little bit of preventative maintenance rather than the breakdown maintenance, which is going to cost them a lot more money. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of people have told us, well, you know, I'm not, um, you know, I received my reminder letter from you this year, but I've hardly driven my vehicle, so we're going to skip the year. We're not going to bring it in. Which is ironic because it's even <laughs> more important than, than ever. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. And, and we have a lot of people, you know, we, we have a, a large group that's on warranties, uh, you know, so we, we want to be able to maintain the warranty. But frankly, more importantly, is, is exactly what you said about helping them to do the preventative maintenance, because it's, you know, we're just one component of it. But we know if, if they're starting to see corrosion issues in a vehicle, that likely there are other issues. Uh, usually, uh, mechanical ones, brake, brakes are an easy one. Um, I mean, I had that happen in my own vehicle this year where, where my brakes actually seized on the front. I just simply wasn't driving as much as I normally do. And they were so pitted on a vehicle that, you know, had 45,000 kilometers on it. Dave, you ever see that? Well, you know what I noticed out here in the country is uh, they park it on the grass the grass grows up underneath the car, but more than likely the moisture of the ground comes up inside the car. And uh, we uh, we purchased one of those vehicles, and it was it was a horror story. The whole thing underneath was just one piece of rust. Uh, people don't realize if you're going to you know park it, park it on cement where it's dry and drained, cover it. Uh, but the reality is they don't, and that's what happens. You know, Trevor, we always get people call in and, and they're always asking, when's the best time of year to have their car sprayed? When is the best time? Well, it, 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 is, it is the spring of the year. Uh, there's there's documented evidence that would, would show that. And, and it all relates to, to the moisture content. Mm. Um, uh, the fact of the matter is, though, is that um, 
you know, when you're doing your, your maintenance and we like to encourage people to do it uh, earlier than later because, you know, again, we're not the only part of maintaining your vehicle. And so a lot of times, you know, once people change their winter tires over, um, you know, they get their spring tune-up done, it's an excellent time to then do your, do your crowning. Well, you know, I I already did. A, I already did, had to do a research on trying to find a set of winter wheels. I just want you to know that. So even get though out it, of here. No. no, I yeah 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 because we we couldn't get them last year because of supply. So now the lady said maybe we should start looking now. And but the same kind of thing. Like you don't want to wait till November or December and think I'm thinking it's a good time to put on my tires. Yeah. Well, now we have a huge lineup, and I guess it's the same thing at Crown. I got an email just came in. The question was, my car is leased. I plan to buy it now. It's four years old. Can I still crown it? Yeah. That, and that, see, that is, that is the perfect example. Uh, you know, and when we've had even discussions with, with uh, the folks at, at, at Lease Busters on this is that, uh, you know, the real value, if you're going to be buying out your lease, you should absolutely uh, be doing rust protection on your vehicle to protect it. Um, you know, you've, in the first, you know, if you're leasing it for four years, you've put a lot of money into that vehicle. Uh, and it, it makes good sense if you're in a position to be able to buy it out. But it only makes sense if you're going to maintain it. Sometimes mm-hmm. people buy, buy lease a vehicle because they don't really want to maintain the vehicle. That's, and, that, that, that's an understatement it, there. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> you see that all the time. Out there. So it, it, you know, it, it really is getting in the right mindset because if, if, if you don't intend to properly maintain the vehicle, it's going to cost you a lot more money. And, and, and you're going to be frustrated because you, you will run into issues, you know, with the vehicles. And it's not that the vehicles aren't good vehicles. It's just at least right now there's nothing that's maintenance free. And so we, we are big proponents of doing good preventative maintenance. So well, even after four years, you should be rustproofing it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, if someone's going to buy out a four-year lease, they're not buying it out to keep it for one more year, right? They, mm. they want to get this vehicle probably to eight years or ten years, maybe pass it on to a family member, something like that. Um, and so, you know, we'll we'll take a look at the vehicle, put it up on a hoist for them. Uh, but it, but it's absolutely worth, you know. Uh, you know, $150, if you look at that over the next four or five years, to work at protecting the body of the vehicle. All right, we're just about out of uh, pavement here. You guys have a promo on right now? <laughs> we, we do, we do. So uh, one of the interesting things that, that we run into as a company, when we run promos, we've got an excellent one going on till the end of August. Uh, but what consumers seem to like to do is they like to book up to where the deadline is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if, if you want to take advantage of this, I would encourage you in the next week and a half to get into lo- your local crown center to benefit from it, because many of our centers are already booked up or very close to being booked up for the last week of August because it corresponds to the end of the summer promotion. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, I think you're going to do something with us uh, in the near future as well, eh? We are. We're, we're really looking forward to uh, a promotion that's going to come out in the uh, early fall with you guys. And uh, we, uh, like I said, uh, your, your, your listeners are the preventative maintenance people. So uh, they are really the epitome of, of a Crown customer, someone that, 
that wants to get uh, the most. They care about their vehicle and want to get the most out of it. And we're we're really excited about the promotion that's going to come out in September. Well, you know, getting back to the leasing business, of course, you know, people who maybe weren't planning on keeping their car uh, now may find because of the lack of supply that it's a good yeah. idea to buy it back. So, you know, that money that you're going to spend on 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 rust protection, um, you're going to get that back, you know, anyways. And even if you do decide to get rid of the car, I, if you tell them it's been rust protected, you're going to get more money for it. Yeah, yep, you absolutely will. People people look for for good quality used vehicles, and and good quality usually also references what kind of preventive maintenance has been done on it. Super. And uh, Crown, what's the website? Uh, you can reach us at crown.com. There you go, with a K. Thank you very much, Trevor. Have yourself a great weekend. You too. Thanks. See you later. All Thanks, right. David. After the break, we're going to be talking to Andy Capitacacas from Lease Busters. You can do that, eh? You like that, eh? (laughs) 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 This is Alan Gelman. We'll be right back. Welcome back. My name is Alan Gelman. We've got Dave Redinger, and we've got Andy Capitacacus on the phone, and uh, we're going to talk to him in just a second. I just wanted to say hi to Frank Proctor. I missed him this morning. He's a little bit under the weather. Frank, Mm. get better soon. We hope to see you down here. Absolutely. Dave? Uh, good morning, Andy. Wow, thank you, gentlemen. Good morning to everybody, one and all. I can't believe that, Mr. Gelman, you t- said my name perfectly today. I know, and, <laughs> and and it was like I was rubbing Dave's nose in it, you know. Dave was going, <laughs> how can you say that? I can't say that. I, uh, you do it better than me. There you, you know go. what? Uh, it's, to me, it's Andy K. It just works better. <laughs> Special K. Special K. Special K. There you go. There you go. So, Lease Busters, you guys have been around forever? Yeah, we have Close. been. I, I think this year, 32, 33 years. I don't know. I've lost track. I had hair back then, you know? Yeah, I think my hair was a different color then, too. I'd be happy. I'd be happy with gray hair. I got no hair. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Lease Busters, how do people do it? Is it easy to do? You know what? I think today, honestly, it's probably easier than it ever has been. We just launched a new, powerful, all-new, fully responsive website mm-hmm. on the net. And uh, it is excellent. It is mobile-friendly. It will uh, accommodate and adjust to any of your devices that you have, your smartphones, smart pads, uh, Androids, everything and anything. So from both perspectives, whether you want to uh, pick up someone else's lease or you've got one that you want to get rid of, so you can handle everybody for for the most part. Correct. Correct. And we've integrated, actually, our our, uh, company, sister company, Finance Busters, Mm -hmm. into the lease busters portfolio so when you pull up lease busters you're also going to get finance busters which is big nowadays because you've got loans you've got cash sale prices used cars so we do the gamut actually so it's quite good for clients dave yeah i was going to say that uh if the lack of product does it really affect your business right now um actually if you go online to your website we still have over about Three to 5,000 vehicles like on any Ooh, given wow. time. So we are probably one of the last frontiers that people are just looking at vehicles because you get a lease evaluation on our website, you get a loan evaluation on our website. So you, you, people will come here to get it first to know that, you know what, is Bob at that dealership telling me the right story? I don't know. Let me check with Lease Busters first. Let me get the straight goods on my car, what it's worth. Because 
when we advertise a vehicle, we do the lease and we do a cash sale price or a finance if it's a transferable finance. And it's typically done on, you know, we all know today, used vehicle values are quite high. And few and far between. That's that's the biggest problem is uh, there's no product out there. So I was looking up at what happened in World War II after the war. Uh, what happened to uh, the car business? And it turns out that they never advertised price. They let them haggle it out in the dealerships. As, and in fact, the dealers uh, boosted the price with accessories and things like that that weren't necessary. So here's a situation where somebody is who's aware of what the market is, and you've got the information right at the tips of your fingers. I think it's a great idea. What's, a, what's the address for this website? World Wide Web, www.leasebusters.com. Andy, Imagine that. Yeah, seriously. That's changed. Andy, I guess hey, if some... Time. Have you guys heard that one before, eh? I know, gentlemen, <laughs> I know. And you know, on our website as well, what you're going to find is in your showroom accounts uh, when you sign up with us, or you have an existing account, you can also compare vehicles, which is very important in today's environment out there. Are you talking about the, their finance rates, or are you, are you talking about the you, actual mechanical we, part of it? No, not the mechanical part of it, although you might be able to do from the mechanical side, you know, depending if you've got a 6.2-liter supercharged V8 under the hood, like right. Dave does. Uh-huh. Um, you know, things like that. But I am talking about more comparison of leases, finances, cash sale prices, you can do all three and compare it to other vehicles. I think you could probably do up to three vehicles, or I believe it is three vehicles now because the website is so new. Mm. Um, we have just expanded it quite large. Andy, how, what's the frequency of people actually coming back? Like, you've, I've leased a vehicle. Will, will I be back in two years? Will I be back in four years? Or, or, or annually? Did, did, you know, what's sort are of the frequency of... Are website, Dave, or are you talking in uh, general? In general, yeah. Well, through the years, you know, like people have been leasing cars and, and then trading it in and stuff like that. Well, how long do they actually keep them? Well, I see the trend now is people are keeping them around 24 to 36 months. A little mm. less if they can. And that's why our website at leasebusters.com is a very viable option because if you're in a vehicle for 48 or 60 months, because sometimes people want to get a lower payment, so they will get to that price point by doing a longer lease. However, if you want to get out of it early, at any given time, you can put it up on the website. The less the term, the better for clients. Some clients are looking, I believe, for 24 to 36 month terms on our website. So if you have those, by all means, visit us. Even if you have 48 months, I just did a gentleman with a Toyota Corolla the other day that he put it up online, and sure enough, uh, you know what? He had a featured listing, and people started calling him to get out. It's amazing, the car industry today, and because maybe you're right, Dave, there is a lack of products out there. Mm -hmm. People are very hungry for vehicles. I think people have think to realize, also, too, though, that they, you just can't walk away from a lease. You know, uh, unfortunately, during, you know, due to COVID, a lot of people lost their jobs um, and then at the same time, obviously, lost some income and, and couldn't afford to pay them. And a lot of people thought that, well, I'll just give the car back. Well, you can't do that. And that's what Lease Busters is. It's a way for you to get rid of your car so that you're not going to get hassled by, you know, end up with a poor credit rating or, or in the worst case, manufacturers come after you to collect that financing. 
That that is correct. And you know, interesting interesting point that you just brought up on that. This time was the pandemic. Yep. Back back in eighty eight. 89, 1988, 1989, our founding fathers started this company, actually. That's how they started it. There was a recession at the time, and people were bringing their leases back. Mm-hmm. And that's when this company took flight, right around that time, because they couldn't. They came to drop the car off, and they said, here, here's the keys, I'm dropping off my lease. Sorry, you can't do that. You All have right. a contractual obligation. There you go. Dave, say goodbye. Goodbye, Dave. <laughs> Andy, thanks again. Eastbusters.com. Uh, some great information there. It's a great website. If you're looking for a car or looking to get rid of a car, way to go. Andy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen. Everybody, Thank stay you. well. Stay safe. All right. Dave and I will be back with some news, and uh, we're going to be talking about electric cars right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. You know, as much as Dave and I have, uh, you know, oil and gasoline running through our veins, you know, cars are changing. Cars are going battery. They're going electric. And, uh, you know, as far as maintenance goes, uh, gas and gas cars weren't that difficult, really. Uh, they were pretty straightforward. Dave, you used to fix cars, or you still fix cars. Yeah. Well, what? I'm just thinking that this is area, this year mm-hmm. and next year, are becoming like a watershed year for the automotive industry in the fact that they're now producing 2.5% of the market as EVs, electric vehicles. Well, and, but and the, of course, that you know, and electric cars have been out for at least 10 years already, right? Right. 2009 was the introduction of the Nissan Leaf. Mm-hmm. And here's a story that I, a friend of mine sent me, uh, was in the National Post. Uh, it's about a fellow who has a 2009 Nissan Leaf, mm-hmm. and he used to get 100 and uh, you know 175 kilometers out of his uh, car, and now it's down to 75 kilometers range, depending on the weather. Mm-hmm. So the reality is that these batteries need to be replaced because it's now almost 10 years, or maybe more than 10 years old. Reality being. Thirteen thousand to thirty-one thousand dollars is the estimates to replace the battery. So he went to his local dealer, who said, "I've never replaced one unless under warranty, so I have no idea what to charge you." So he contacted Nissan directly, and they came back with a quote of thirteen thousand dollars. So is that twelve-year-old car worth thirteen thousand dollars? Uh-uh, it's worth nothing. So. Um, Buying an EV, you're taking a big chance right now. Um, it, it's starting to to happen, though. I mean, guys have to. Well, if they've done them under warranty, right? Yeah. Then obviously the garage has the know-how to do it. Um, but the cost is so crazy. Uh, I thought at one point they were talked about being able to open up these battery packs and actually servicing individual batteries inside. Have you heard anything more about that? Well, yeah, it's not, different manufacturers have different solutions. Uh, that was one of them. And it's interesting to see the other side of the coin is, is Toyota said they've never replaced battery packs. They have an eight-year warranty, and uh, they've never had a problem. And it's because they're very understressed. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, uh, Toyota actually has the best package as, as far as I can tell. Uh, I think four to second uh, as far as reliability is concerned. But we're talking about technology that's not ironed out yet. And you know what? When it's a used car and it's that sort of a kishi car, the marketplace is pretty slim. That's why the government is giving you money to buy the car. That's why they're discounting the retail price to try and get the people into EVs because we're just not ready. It's going to take 20 years for it to actually come to market. 
Well, again, you know, I mean, but they have to figure out a better way how to repair one or, or to try to keep it yes. alive. Like you say, if the battery is $10,000 and your car's value is five, well, then you're scrapping it, right? Yeah, exactly. You're scrapping it. So maybe that's the, the plan is that you keep replacing it until the technology is actually working properly. And the other, uh, the other uh, problem here is in rural areas where the charging stations are few and far between, uh, are you going to be uh, switching to uh, electric? I don't think so. I don't think gasoline will ever go away because these products that we're producing now are lasting 20 years and they'll, they'll keep them going. So will that be the, the new uh, Rolls Royce on the road is the fact you got an electric car? Dave, you sound, like, you the, got gas you, car? You sound like the Amish people driving around Kitchener. Yeah. Right? <laughs> go back. <laughs> You're going to have a horse and wagon? When, uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think eventually, you know, electricity will, will take over where gas is now. Um, you know that that's the way they, they seem to be pushing. I mean, the Americans are are, are pushing up the the uh, the mileage figure, and the only way to achieve that is through electric cars. You know, you got to keep the carbon footprint down. Um, although it's a mixed blessing too. I mean, because you know people are thinking that the, the electricity will save the planet, but you know you forget about number one the toxic chemicals that go into batteries, how they make the batteries, how they're going to dispose of these batteries. And of course, the electricity that we need to recharge these batteries. So, if you look at the big picture, it's 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 not so simple. Okay, a guy sent me this the official conversion chart when looking at antique cars. You got it. So, first one says if it's a rare model, mm -hmm. the answer is nobody liked them when they were new either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Older restoration can't tell it's been restored and uh, needs engine work. That's because it's been frozen for 30 years. <laughs> so this is a nice way of saying that she's a, she's a good dancer. <laughs> exactly. She has no great, rust. Has a great Body and fenders are missing. Has Anyways. A, has, has a great sense of humor and a, a super personality. All right, we got to run. Uh, we want to thank our guests, well. Trevor Hutchison, OPP Car Sergeant Kerry Schmidt, and Andy Kapadukakas from Lease Busters for joining us. Dave? Go ahead and shame me. I can't say Abby and you. <laughs> forget about. Well, he loves special K, so let's we we can leave it at that. You know, <laughs> right. I'm not Thank a breakfast cereal myself, but uh, <laughs> who cares? And of course, if you got a car and it's a great one, and you're looking for great insurance rates, Haggerty.ca forward slash DCG. Uh, and if you need a car, go to LeaseBusters.com. And if you need to stop the rust from happening, go to Crown.com. Got to run. Drive safe, everyone. Bye bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.